the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable Knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully And sometimes even if you don't You can hear that sound Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. Hear God saying, I remember your love. I remember your devotion. I remember how you followed me. I remember how you were committed to me. Just grace. That's how God sees us, right? He looks at us through the lens of grace. That's why he's going to say to us on that day when we stand before him, well done, good and faithful servant. When we haven't been good and we haven't been faithful at times, but he sees us through the lens of grace. And so he's going to say those words to us. God is a God of extreme mercy and forgiveness, but there are consequences for a stubborn heart that refuses to turn to him. Jeremiah received instruction from God and followed it. His message was to God's people, telling them of inevitable judgment because of their action and refusal to listen to the previous warnings of the prophet Isaiah. Today you will be in Jeremiah with Pastor Dan as he shows you the contrast between the obedience of Jeremiah and the rebellion of God's people. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We started the book of Jeremiah last week get into chapter 2. It's kind of a long chapter, so we'll just do chapter 2. Well, chapter 2 begins Jeremiah's first uh, message to the people of Judah, and it is a prophetic message. And when I say prophetic, I mean he is speaking forth the word of God to the people of Judah. And Jeremiah is clear throughout this book to tell his hearers, that he is telling them what God has said, that he's not sharing his own words with them, but God's words uh, with them. And so this first message that begins in chapter 2, it's actually going to go all the way through chapter 6, so it's a very long message. Uh, In verse 1, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem. And literally, it's shout, you know, shout this message in the streets of Jerusalem. And so he's going to go into the city uh, as the people in that city are going about their business, you know, going to the temple to worship and conducting business, going about their daily routine. And he's going to stand in the streets and he's going to shout this message to the people of Jerusalem saying, thus says the Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh. This is a message from God. It's not from Jeremiah. And what the Lord does here in chapter 2 is he describes his relationship with the people of Israel as a marriage, where God is the husband and the people of Israel are the wife or the bride. Uh, And what God does here is he remembers back to the beginning of their relationship together, if you will, when they were newlyweds. 
when they were newly married and their love was new and their love was fresh. He says in verse one again, thus says the Lord, I remember you. Again, he's speaking to his wife here. The kindness or the devotion of your youth. The Lord says to Israel, I remember your devotion to me when you were young. The love of your betrothal. I remember your love for me in the early days. When you went after me in the wilderness and a land not sown. So he's looking back now to when he first brought them out of Egypt into the wilderness. And again, we as Westerners living in Maryland, we would describe the wilderness as desert. Uh, They have a different word for desert. uh, But to us, if you saw the wilderness of Judea, you would say that's desert. (laughs) Uh, And so he takes them out into the wilderness, out into the desert. And he says here to Israel, you followed me into the wilderness. You followed me into the wilderness and a land not sown. What does that mean? That means that there's no food in the wilderness. It's a desert. Uh, there's nothing growing out there really that you can eat. Uh, even today, if you go in the wilderness, if you go backpacking in the wilderness of Judea, you got to bring your food with you uh, because there's no food there. And so Israel They followed their husband into the wilderness and they trusted him. They trusted God by faith. Israel trusted her husband to provide for her. She followed him into the wilderness where there is no food. You know, the wilderness is harsh. It's a difficult, uncomfortable environment. And in the early days of their relationship, Israel was willing to, to follow her husband off into the wilderness. <laughs> you do some pretty crazy things for love, right? Especially new love, new romance. You know, as they say, you're blinded by love in your devotion. And that's how he's describing Israel here early on in their relationship, where she was willing to follow God into the wilderness where there's no food. And again, a, a wife Early on in the relationship, especially a wife will follow her husband anywhere, even enduring discomfort and difficulty and uncertainty, you know, just kind of fully trusting her husband because she loves him. She's hopelessly devoted to her husband. Right. And a situation like this, you know, the parent of the girl being older and wiser would say to this couple, well, what are you going to eat out in the wilderness? Right. What are you going to drink out there? There's no food out there. There's no water out. You can't just go out there in the wilderness like that's pretty irresponsible, right? You can't just go out there. What's your husband's plan? How are you going to provide? What are you going to do? And a young couple will just go, right? And just, we're just going to go and it'll all work out. And that's how he's describing Israel's love for him early on. You know, just kind of this abandonment, this devotion, No concern for the danger, no concern for the discomfort, no worry about how things are going to work out. Just, you know, in love and you go, you know, uh, my wife and I, we've been married for 20 years. We were married in Florida. Uh, My wife is a Florida girl. I was born in Florida as well. Uh, And three days after we married in Florida, I moved my wife to Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, We got married in January. It was 75 degrees and sunny. In Florida, when we left, when we arrived in Boston, it was negative 26 degrees with the wind chill and it was snowing. It was 100 degrees colder 
in Boston than Florida. And my wife followed me because she was in love. She was 23 years old and in love. As on our way up to uh, Boston in Rhode Island, we had a snowstorm. Uh, We had to stop for a while and get off the road, but we were so close to our destination. I insisted that we finish the trip instead of getting a hotel for the night. We were so almost there. So we got back on the road and we finally made it to our hotel. The company I worked for had us a room reserved at a hotel. Uh, We arrived in the middle of the night and my wife stayed in the car with the heater running as I went to check in to the hotel and I get up to the door of the hotel and it's locked. And so I knock on the door and knock on the door and knock on the door. Negative 26 degrees. I'm standing out there. And finally, a housekeeper comes out. She was in the back uh, washing bed sheets in the laundry. And she comes and she unlocks the door. And I say, well, I have a reservation for tonight. I realize it's the middle of the night, but we have a reservation. And she said, uh, there's no one here to check you in. Front desk clerk left a couple hours ago. Uh, I don't know how to check anyone in. I can't check you in. Uh, And I've got my bride in the car. We just drove from Florida. And I explained to this housekeeper, hey, we're newlyweds. We just came from Florida. We had to drive through a blizzard to get here. That's why we're so late. And I talked the housekeeper into letting me try to figure out how to check us in on their computer system. Because I worked in hotels. uh, And she did. And I figured it out. And I happened to upgrade us to a suite. It's just how it worked out. It's the only room I could find available. No, I didn't do that. I had no idea what I was doing. As a young, new husband, I was clueless on how to lead my wife. But my wife followed. Because that's what you do, right? When you're in love and you're newlyweds and you're devoted. And that's how he describes Israel here. Just devoted to God. You know, just following God wherever God led them. Even out into the wilderness where there's no food to eat out there. No water to drink. Doesn't matter. They're with the Lord, right? They're with their husband. Doesn't matter what kind of discomfort they have to endure. It's interesting as you read this passage and the way that God describes this and the way that God remembers this story. And if you think back to the Exodus story, Israel complained almost the entire time they were in the wilderness. But here God's saying, I remember your love. I remember your devotion. I remember how you followed me. I remember how you were committed to me. Just grace. That's how God sees us, right? He looks at us through the lens of grace. That's why he's going to say to us on that day when we stand before him, well done, good and faithful servant. When we haven't been good and we haven't been faithful at times, but he sees us through the lens of grace. And so he's going to say those words to us. And here he says to, to Israel, I remember you. I remember your devotion, your faithfulness how you followed me. Verse three, he says, Israel was holiness to the Lord. Israel was set apart to the Lord. You know, back in Genesis chapter two, verse 24, you don't have to turn there, but it's a verse you probably have heard where it talks about marriage. And it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now, just a little side note here for you, a little bit of context. In that culture, in that day, the wife would move in with the husband and his family. So she physically, literally would leave her family and go cleave to the husband. That's why the command is given to the husband here that he also needs to leave and cleave to his wife 
because he doesn't physically leave his family. And so here the command is to the husband. Hey, even though you're physically staying with your family, you need to in your heart still leave your family and cleave to your wife. And when you think about the nation of Israel as the wife of God, the wife of Jehovah, early on, God went and fetched his wife out of Egypt and he brought her out of Egypt and he brought her out into the wilderness. Israel left and cleft to her husband. She cleaved to her husband. She was set apart to her husband. Holiness to the Lord. The first fruits of his increase. The first fruits are the best fruits. The choice possession. All that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. If anyone messes with God's wife, Israel, God will protect and defend his wife. Disaster will come upon that nation. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now in verse 4, The Lord here, he uses the language of a court of law. And so you get a scene here that is like a scene of a trial in a courtroom. And what God does now is he challenges Israel to accuse him of any fault, any wrongdoing that he has done in this marriage. Any time that he has failed as a husband, any time that he has blown it, as a husband, that would justify Israel's unfaithfulness because she's been unfaithful. And so he calls her now in this court of law to present her case against him, present some evidence that would justify why she's been unfaithful to him. Hear the word of the Lord, verse 4. O house of Jacob and the families of the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, what injustice have your fathers found in me? That they have gone far from me and have followed idols and have become idolaters. He says here, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong that caused you to stray from me and to follow idols? And here the word idols is actually kind of a play on words here. The word idols here, it's the word for vanity or emptiness. And he is saying, you know, you walked after emptiness and you became empty. You walked after vanity. And you became vain. And this is a principle that we see taught elsewhere in the Bible that we become what we worship. And so if we uh, set our heart on empty things, that's just going to lead to emptiness in us. If we set our heart on uh, vanity, it's just going to lead to vainness in us. Uh, You know, it's kind of the idea of we reap what we sow. And at the same time, if we set our hearts on Jesus Christ, we become more like Jesus Christ. The children of Israel, they have set their hearts on idols, on emptiness, and they've become empty. So he says here, what injustice have you found? What have I done? 
He goes on in verse six. Neither did they say, where is the Lord? The people of Israel did not seek the Lord is what he's saying. They showed no gratitude to him for what he did for them. Neither did they say, where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt, no one lives out in the desert. Again, he's saying, you know, they weren't thankful. They had no gratitude for what he did for them. You know, in the New Testament, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, it says to us that we should give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It says in Colossians, we should be thankful to God. And we should be thankful to God because he has saved us. He's redeemed us by his blood. He's forgiven us of all of our sins. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. He made us citizens of the kingdom of his son. He has an inheritance reserved for us in heaven. He's given us way more than we deserve. And so we should be thankful to him. Israel wasn't thankful for what God did for them. He goes on to say in verse 7, I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness, the promised land. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priests did not say, where is the Lord? So the priests of the nation weren't seeking God. The priests did not say, where is the Lord? And those who handle the law, the law of God, did not know me. Those who handled the word did not know the Lord. They didn't have a relationship with God. And yet they're the teachers of the word of God for the nation. You know, there were several occasions in the New Testament uh, when Jesus accused the priests in his day of not knowing the Father. And he calls them blind guides. And he says, you're blind guides leading the blind. And you're going to both end up in a ditch. They don't know the father. And yet they're the teachers. They're the ones who are to teach the people about God. Verse 8 continues, not only did the priests and those who handle the law, but the rulers also transgressed against me. The, the rulers, here the Hebrew word is the shepherds. The shepherds. Those that were appointed to lead the people of Israel, to shepherd them to guide them, to protect them. He says they rebelled against God's authority. Uh, the New Living Translation says, the rulers turned against me. You know, the politicians of the day were against God and were against his word. The prophets also, verse 8, the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit they were prophesying in the name of Baal instead of the name of the Lord God. They pursued worthless things that do not profit. So you have the priests, those who handled the word, the rulers, and the prophets of the nation. They're all corrupt. They're all corrupt. And so he gives the people an opportunity to bring an accusation against him of any wrongdoing. And the people cannot bring a single accusation against God. He hasn't done a single thing wrong against them. God is always good. 
He's always faithful. He's always merciful and loving. And he's trustworthy and dependable. And he never fails. And all of his promises are yes and amen. And true and righteous are his judgments, the Bible says. So they had their opportunity to bring accusations against God. They've got nothing to say, so now it's God's turn. God makes his case against Israel in verse 9. Therefore, I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord. And against your children's children, I will bring charges. Look what he says now. For pass beyond the coasts of Cyprus. He's talking about going west and sea. Send to Kedar, which is to the east in Arabia, and consider diligently and see if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods, but my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. So what God says here is, hey, go west as far as you want to go. Go east as far as you want to go. You can look anywhere you want and you're not going to find a nation that has done what the nation of Israel has done. And what has the nation of Israel done? They have changed their God. They've changed their God. That's the accusation that he lays out here against them. No other nation ever changed gods, but Israel changed gods, even though they couldn't point to a single time that God failed them, that God had a perfect record. He's been faithful to them. He freed them from their bondage and their slavery. He provided for them. He carried them through the wilderness. He gave them a land of their own. He blessed them. It was a fruitful land, a bountiful land. And in response, Israel forsook God. And not only did Israel abandon God, but we're told in verse 11 that they abandoned God for idols that are powerless, that can't do anything for them. Now, in your Bible, next to verse 11, you can write, that's crazy, right? You know, it would be one thing if God failed them. You know, if God had just, you know, failed them time after time after time, if they said, you know, we're going to go find another God. But God never fails. And they abandoned this God who has been so good to them and so faithful to them. And they replace their God with these idols that are powerless and can't do anything. In verse 12, he says, be astonished, O heavens, at this and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. You know, the faithlessness of Israel should cause the heavens to be appalled and horrified. Now, in verse 13, God gives a, a very um, powerful analogy here that describes what Israel has done. He says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, the meaning of this analogy is maybe lost a little bit on us uh, because we don't fully understand yet what is meant by living water or how they use cisterns in ancient Israel. Plus, we have an abundance of drinking water here, right? We don't ever really think about whether we're going to have water to drink or not. You can get water anywhere in our country. In Israel, it's not that way. In ancient Israel, it certainly wasn't that way. He asked me how I know, and I 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvarybc.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we could be a part of it. And we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice and it only takes It's true.